You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Hey guys, I have a movie pitch. Guys? Hello? Hello again, Greg? Danica? Oh, thank God. Are you ladies doing like a, a podcast takeover? Yes. Why do you sound relieved? Uh, I didn't even watch the movie this week. Uh, you guys are really saving my bacon, honestly. Oh. Wait. How often do you not watch the movie? Uh, I have some notes. Play the song! Welcome to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-up, and tweaks on mediocre movies as suggested by you. I am your guest host, Glenna Showalter. I am popular takeover guest, Anita Bourgeois. (laughs) And I am former co-host, Steeler? No, wait. (laughs) I'm also here. I'm Aaron. (laughs) Aaron, don't sell yourself short like that. Uh, you listening at home might notice we are not uh, Greg, Liam, and Scott. That is because we're doing a movie about women, baby. Woo! So we got a bunch of women. <laughs> <laughs> just feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. All right. Uh, so just a general temperature of the room. How do, how do folks feel about heist movies in general? Who's Love them. Obsessed. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, I love a good heist movie. <laughs> like, oh, a, a beautiful caper. Mwah. It's hard to beat, yeah. Oh, they're, it, it's right up there, like, probably my favorite genre of movie. Mm-hmm. I love I love a good heist. Awesome. I also love heists. They are very fun. Uh, <laughs> love a good rogue's tale. A rogue's tale? Yes, that's what I'm calling it now. That's the medieval like word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, are, of course, are talking about Ocean's 8, which was a film from 2018 directed by Gary Ross, who also directed Pleasantville and The Hunger Games, written for screen by Gary Ross and Olivia Milch, based on Ocean's 11, 1960, or the reboot of Ocean's 11, which I don't have a date for here, but that's all right, starring Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, Aquafina, Sarah Paulson, and Rihanna. Woo! Oh, such such a stellar cast. Like you right? could not have put together a more superb mix. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this this movie does get points for casting because I I loved all of it. I want Kate Blanchett to step on me in this movie. <laughs> I, feel I think we all do. I mean, Lou is very nice. Whoever t- whoever did the clothes for it's. Mm-hmm. Oh it's my pretty God. hard to be the costuming in this movie. It's yeah. really good. The last, I, the last chunk of scenes with all the gowns and then Lou in that pantsuit and <laughs> that smile that uh, she and Sandra Bullock give each other from across the street. Like there, there's something right? there. And then Rihanna shows up in that red gown. God, right? And perfection. I was just like, <gasps> yeah, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. 
And they're all just glittery, of course, because they're stealing diamonds. <laughs> I was like, yes, sparkle, my queens, sparkle. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, let's throw the trailer. So you want to hit a jewelry store? Not exactly. A diamond mine. Yes, that's exactly right. Or what? The Met. In three and a half weeks, the Met will be hosting its annual ball, and we are going to rob it. Oh, $16.5 million in each of your bank accounts five weeks from now. That's a lot. They've got every inch of this place covered. This is the most sophisticated security in the world. How long did it take you to figure all this out? Five years, eight months, and 12 days. Why do you need to do this? Because it's what I'm good at. Debbie Ocean is out of jail and has already meticulously planned her next big heist, the theft of a $150 million diamond necklace. But first, Debbie will need to assemble a team of women badasses. So she goes and gets a team. Next, she'll need a scan of the necklace to make a duplicate of it. So they scan the necklace. They will also need to hack Met Gala security where the heist will take place. So they do the hacking. Now they're ready to heist, but hold on a second. The necklace has a special lock with a unique key. Uh-oh, there might actually be some conflict here. Nope, never mind. Nineball's sister is an engineer and solves the problem immediately. Now it's time to heist. So they heist. The end. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's not that easy, though. People say it's that easy, not? but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, so what but, we have to realize is we're coming in on Debbie after she's literally had over five years to plan this. She's not coming out and going, hey, guys, want to do a thing. She has mm -hmm. thought this this through. So we're not getting the, oh, no, I didn't think of that because she did. And she specifically says it, which I like, because a lot of folks do say that this is too easy, but it's not. It's been thought through. And these are all professionals at the top of their game. And I would say it is no easier than any of the other Oceans movies that I've seen. I would argue that Oceans 8 is leaps and bounds better than Oceans 12. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? I didn't like I didn't like 12 that much. To Nobody be likes 12. 12 is garbage. <laughs> 11, really good, right? Oceans 11, top-notch movie. 12, it's unfortunate <laughs> that you have to watch 12 to get to 13. Because yeah. if you don't watch 12, there's parts of 13 that won't make sense. But 13 <laughs> is so good. And then 11 or 8 comes out. And I'm like, woohoo! Here we go again. <laughs> 8 is so much better than 12. <laughs> yep. And I realize it sounds like I'm just comparing numbers. But yeah. It's just go. a good number. It's very round. It looks like infinity. Right? Mm -hmm. 12 is just nice. so blocky. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 13 is <laughs> just unlucky. Yeah, no one wants that. <laughs> So we already talked about the casting. Um, what other successes did we find in this in this film? Well, the shots are beautiful. Um, they, mm. they, there's definitely. I think like every shot in this movie is a beauty shot, and I appreciate that because it's extremely um, of its genre. It's appreciating it. It's it's lavishing uh, love upon the heist genre as well as uh, the fact that all of these women are amazing at what they do. 
And so you could tell that there was love there. Um, so that's one thing I noticed uh, rewatching it because I actually don't know how many times I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. And uh, every time I, I find something new, actually, which is really cool. Um, but I remember just watching every scene and going, wow, like this just looks, this has a sheen on it. It's very beautiful. It's very purposeful. You know, even if someone's just sitting there, you know, twiddling their thumbs or waiting for that 3D printer or whatever, it was, it was all very beautiful. And I mean, I liked, um, you know, even, even the kind of dingy bits where they would comment on it, like how that's, that their hideout is like, wow, it must be hard to heat. You never hear that in most movies. And it's kind of <laughs> funny because it, it makes them more normal. Yeah. I appreciate when they make it realistic, at least in, in some senses, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like filling the bod- vodka bottles with water. Yes. And- yeah. <laughs> but that's her current con, right? It's not that glamorous. It's just a bunch of people watering down the vodka in the back. Right? Watching Judge Judy. <laughs> the Judge Judy bit. Uh, so yeah, it's a rerun. I think, <laughs> I think uh, it's my favorite uh, depiction of hacking that I've seen in a movie because it's not like super intense. It's not like, oh, we've got this weird thing on the screen that's supposed to represent the hacking. It's like, no, she made a fake email and sent it to the guy and then he clicked on it. And you're like, that's how hacking works. That's absolutely how hacking works. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. He clicked on it. She got access to his computer via some sort of virus that she probably wrote. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked about it too, is that it it's the simple things that get you because you don't think about it. You know, that guy, he did, he worked at a security company and you saw him thinking about it for a second, but then he was thought, no, I love, I love my dog. I love this kind of dog so much more. So I'm going to click on this thing, even though I'm in a job that I should know better. Right. He should know better, but he doesn't. They didn't like sneak in and like mission impossible from the ceiling. They didn't have to. They just, they let the marks do the work, which honestly is how crime happens. You you can get away with a lot if you just kind of glide in there. And actually, this is this is why one of my favorite lines is when they're discussing the team. Um, uh, Debbie says, "No, no hymns, no hymns. Hymns are meant to be seen. We're we're invisible, and I want us to be invisible. And that is an asset when it comes to yeah. that kind of group." Yeah, using it to their advantage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of tell they work shit jobs because they know nobody pays attention to people with like a uniform or a cook outfit or a maid outfit or something. That's yeah, uh, right in the middle of the heist. Uh, Mindy Collings washing dishes takes a bathroom break and disappears from her yeah. shift. <laughs> right, like the and the kitchen manager didn't notice, didn't care, and then of course they caused a hubbub to keep her hidden in the bathroom, and no one noticed she was gone. <laughs> no, and I I like that they use people's biases against them. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can see that the people with money they're using that against them to basically take the money, um, which is good, which is always a good heist because a good heist always has a bit of a Robin Hood aspect to it. You know, yes, yes they all made millions of dollars but at the same time they screwed over a lot of the right people that needed their their egos put in check (laughs) yeah and that's something especially true about the oceans movies in general there's always sort of a robin hoodie we are actually the good guys doing crime for good not evil yeah sort of aspect to it and i i always like that part too 
Well, and that was, that's part of like a good heist movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's funny because if you think about the original Ocean's Eleven from the 60s, they um, they don't get the money in the end. The money gets cremated by accident. I remember so the first time I up. saw that, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> they pull off the perfect heist and they never get their money. And it's uh, not that the case has in this to one. do with uh, film standards back in the day. Mm-hmm. Bad guys weren't allowed to win right. back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing happened with the original uh, The Italian Job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Way, way back when. Uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, the movie ends with them in the van teetering on the edge of the cliff with the gold like weighing them down because it's on the wrong end. Also a metaphor. So we don't actually see them win because, mm-hmm. you know, bad guys can't win. That's amazing. I'm so glad the bad guys won in this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm all for the criminals. <laughs> So there's a lot of stuff that we liked. Was there anything that didn't work for you in this movie? There were a couple things about the plan where I was like, eh, eh. I found it, I found it a little too contrived that they could just conveniently place all of their people in employment. Yes. Wherever they needed to go. I'll give you that much. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's one thing for where, um, Amat- Amati? I think that was Minnie Amita? Amita. Yeah, sorry. I had it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Amita was placed, but uh, Sarah Paulson's character, she was like, soup, thank you. I'm going to forget all their names. Maybe I should open up an IMDb page, but um, she, yes, absolutely. Like that would be near impossible to get. It was like a week before the event. It is the biggest event of the year. There is no way they wouldn't be going deep, deep, deep into her history, her background, everything about her instead of just oh, she has, the other The other person is sick, so you, you sound qualified. I'll give you that. But the thing is, they actually, they did need someone, like, to kind of push, you know, push things around in the right place in, at higher levels. Oh, yeah. The the plan needed a, uh, a, a mole, quote-unquote, right? They needed someone pretty high up at the Met to be able to move things around and, and get people in place. So the fact mm-hmm. that they got her there that quickly without any question was like, mm, okay, you, my, 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 sus, my belief is suspended movie, but realistically, uh. yeah, also it, the bit about the fancy magnetic lock, mm-hmm. they, they make a big deal about this fancy magnetic lock that they need a, an engineer to engineer a key to, but everyone is totally accepting of the fact that this necklace fell off her neck. <laughs> yes, that is, that is fair. <laughs> really? Yeah. We make a huge deal about this lock and like special keys, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, but, but it doesn't work because it just fell off of her neck and we're fine with that. Maybe if you pull it really hard. I mean, it's a magnet. <laughs> like she was throwing <laughs> up a lot, right? So, yeah. Uh, clawing I at her, just... I don't know, cleavage area. <laughs> I don't know. There were also pieces of the plan that required uh, a very specific person to react in a very specific way, mm-hmm. which somehow was accurately predicted. <laughs> I think I think the kind of criminal that Debbie is, she knows people. You know, you can when you're when you're conning someone, she's a con artist. So when you're conning someone, you you know how they're going to react, or you can push them into 
an attitude that will that will kind of go your way and I accept that as a con as a con woman um I don't think you're wrong of course yeah no there's there's a lot of factors here I mean this is the Met Gala we're talking about yeah um but what I mean is it it seemed like she left a lot of stuff up to probable chance but still chance okay can you give me an example okay uh, they manipulated Daphne into asking Rose to be her designer mm-hmm. yep. by setting up Rose a lunch with someone else. Mm-hmm. What if Daphne already had a designer? That's true. I think they right? would have done the same thing uh, they did and just made her sick or go away. They like they don't murder people, but they would have kind of. No, they don't murder people, but they do get them out of the way. But it required it required like that particular reaction, right? Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. we're assuming that a star like Daphne is actually in charge of her own <laughs> design choices. Yeah, usually. <laughs> Realistically, an agent would probably be stepping in at that point. Or a stylist, or, yeah. Similar with the whole Claude Becker thing mm-hmm. of like, like, oh, they introduced Daphne and Claude Becker and just. What if they were- didn't hit it off, right? Yeah. What if they hated each other? Like, that's. Well, then you're, then you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, educated guests, let's push these two together. They'll probably click, off we go. But what if they didn't, right? Like, you're leaving a lot mm-hmm. of factors of your plan to assuming that people will do what you think they're going to do. But people aren't always that predictable. <laughs> All right, that's enough for me. What else, what else went wrong? <laughs> this is going to sound kind of nitpicky, but the gowns were beautiful but i kind of thought for the met galley uh the met gala there wasn't enough kind of wacky dresses <laughs> like usually there's like people go kind of all, all out and for a theme like royalty like there wasn't they were just wearing beautiful dresses but there weren't like there was no headgear <laughs> that's except true for, except for uh rose was it yeah, Rose. Yeah, Rose. she was the only that one wearing a weird a thing, flowery, halo-y yeah. thing. She was very Met Gala. Yeah, she was extremely Met Gala, and she was the only one. It's, it's kind of a stupid thing, but it kind of took me out of it for a second because it's like all these—they just look really nice. <laughs> but I but don't know. you're absolutely kind of, right. The Met Gala is for like high artistic fashion. It's where theatrical. Things, yeah. Yes, where things get dramatic and wild and like over the top like i could i thought kind of that could have been part of the heist is like some a theatrical outfit has something to do with what's going on but uh, it was just the setting but i don't think they took as much advantage of of it as they could have i'm i'm willing to guess that the movie didn't actually have the budget to hire all of the top name designers <laughs> to make costumes <laughs> for this movie. No, it's because they used the budget to hire the names that would go to the Met Gala. Like, these were mm-hmm. all real celebrities. And I I would like to know, I want, like, a behind the scenes of how did you set up the, a fictional Met Gala with real celebrities? How hard was that to orchestrate having, you know... Um, like the Kardashians, because they do do that, and having Heidi Klum show up because at that moment, Sandra Bullock's character knows German, and she's like, oh, you're gorgeous. I also speak German because I'm freaking Heidi Klum. 
Like, <laughs> I was just like, how is this even happening? Like, is this real? Did they go to the real Mac Allen? Like, film? I have no idea. But then they were, like, interacting with them. And, like, Katie Holmes was at her table. And I was just like... I didn't even notice her this time. I forgot she was in it. I got to this is blowing my mind. Like, every time I watch this, I'm like, I don't even know how you would have done this. Like, w- would you all... You know, would you hire them as if it's an acting job and pay them accordingly? Or would... or did literally Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett go around saying, hey, we're doing an Ocean's 8. Do you want to be a part of it? Because you're like, you're rad. We're doing a Met Gala thing. You want to just hang out in a gown for a day? Did they just call in a bunch of favors? Yes. <laughs> it was so much. And every time That's I look the at the cast fun. list, I'm just, I don't even know how half who half of these people are because I do not keep track of the famous people. There are so many. Half of them, I don't know even... I don't even know if I recognize a bunch of them. I'm like, I'm sure I'm supposed to know who some of these influencer kind of people are. And I, it was kind of lost on me. Plus, you have to think four years ago, who was more famous four years ago? Because that someone's star could have gone down, right? So there's a couple people in that list at the end, because I paused at the the credits and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, four years ago, I would have known who that was. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's waning, unfortunately, but I did recognize a lot of the faces. One thing that bothered me the first time I watched this movie, back when it came out, and I think I, I w- I've softened to it, but it's still something that I was like, ah, okay, was when she's like, we're not doing this for me, we're not doing this for you, we're doing this for a little girl who wants to be a criminal when she grows up. <laughs> um, I, I love it. I know it's cheesy, but I, I, was like, I th- thought it was really sweet. Like, it's just this fun little moment with, with herself. I know she's talking to everybody, but she's still like, this is what I wanted to be when I grew up and, you know, growing up in a crime family. I don't know. I just, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm just, I'm a sap for that kind of stuff. And that's totally fine. All right. Uh, sounds like we are ready to throw it to some commercials. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. All right, we are back. We are talking Oceans 8. Uh, yeah, that's, the time has come to pitch your, your fixes, though I don't know if there's going to be a lot of fixes. It sounds like we were really happy with this movie. What, what would you do to make this movie even better? Debbie and Lou kissing. Yes. <laughs> Hot. I don't know, the movie might explode at that point. I would be okay. We would get a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, there, there was a lot of straight in this movie. There could be a little less straight in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I would change. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, I said before that I had a problem with the lock on the necklace, mm-hmm. but I genuinely don't know how to fix it. Because the fact, like, her losing the necklace is kind of integral to the whole heist. So you can't just cut that because it matters. I think just maybe yeah. not have the magnet, you know, just cut it out completely because it wasn't it wasn't an issue. I mean, it was really cool to meet Nineball's sister. Um, and I 
I hope that they they added her for like maybe a future oceans idea um, when there's some kind of a time jump so she's not like 14. <laughs> That's the only reason I think she was in there, although she was delightful. Yes, but in terms of like every every because it's a heist, everything is so interconnected, right? The whole fiasco with the magnetic lock is the reason that Anne Hathaway notices that Helena Bottom Carter is filming it, which kind of gets her in on it. So we need we need that particular I don't know if it counts as a MacGuffin, but we need that particular something to happen, right? Yeah. Like, yes, otherwise you could just cut the whole lock and be like, yes, the necklace fell off. It's six pounds. <laughs> it's heavy. Right? Yes, it still gets its own security system. Right? Because it's... I'm gesturing a lot and no one can see me. I'm just <laughs> waving my arms in the air. I think that's why Daphne, when she comes out of the bathroom, she's like, I didn't notice I was throwing up so much. And you would. Because, yeah, six pounds. They made such a big deal about how heavy it was. But by that point, if you know she's she knows, then that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how do you get her to know without that magnet? Right? Because that's that's the scene where she like officially clues in. Because like she said, she knows bad acting when she sees it, which I is credit to Helena because it takes a good actor to do bad acting. <laughs> Believably bad acting. What if they... Like, I like Nine Ball Sister, too, but they kind of solved that problem in five minutes. So, like, what if they unfortunately have to cut her out just so that the magnet remains a problem? What if, I don't know, what if they have to try and figure out right at the gala how they're going to get this magnet off? Um, Maybe one of the twists can be that um, Daphne, is it? Yeah, Anne Hathaway. Like, she... Maybe one of the twists is that she actually helped them with it without them knowing or something. Like, that she helped them get the necklace off. That would be I, interesting. Mm-hmm. No, that would heighten the stakes. If it was at yeah. the event and they couldn't get the necklace off and they weren't, sh- they didn't know that she knew. Yeah, that yeah. would absolutely. Because it, you know, for all its positives, the stakes are still quite low um, for the viewer. Obviously, they're in it. It's the biggest event of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's more of an enjoyable ride than a than a um, like pressure. I, with most of them, they kind of have a twist that you didn't see coming. I'm trying to think of yeah. I just think if Daphne had had more of a a role without them even knowing it, that could have been a fun twist. But she actually was helping them all along, and before they even knew that she had noticed what was going on. It kind of makes her look smarter too. Like mm-hmm. not that she caught caught them halfway through the the heist but that she was actively helping them without them even knowing it it would maybe maybe go ahead oh no i was just uh, semi agreeing (laughs) because if she knows about it if if daphne knows about it too soon then the thing kind of falls apart yeah Mm -hmm. right like i said i had a problem with it i I just genuinely don't know how to like really a really good fix for it i don't know yeah, I'm not helping either. I'm just adding more. <laughs> I have no. No, I mean you at least had an idea. I didn't even have an idea. <laughs> no, I was just gonna cut it out, and then I realized that actually it, it needs to be there. Something needs to be there because yeah, Daphne needs, needs to be part of the group in the end. Well, she's on the poster, so. <laughs> <laughs> and she makes number eight. You can't call it Ocean's Eight without eight. 
people. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of sort of gave it away in the promo material, didn't they? Because mm-hmm. they're promoting Anne Hathaway, but you, but you know she's not in on it, but she's, but she's on the poster like she's in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just saying, you're kind of revealing your plot twist. <laughs> it could have been, uh, like, why don't we just bring in uh, Veronica later? Like, why don't we have them figuring out how are we going to get this magnet off? We don't know. And have her show up more than five minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been better. Yeah, because it's like she was on the subway. They were driving and they met kind of in the middle on the way to the gala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just happened too soon. They just solved it too soon. It, yeah. Because then we could have a fun thing of like, how are we going to smuggle this teenager into the Met Gala? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, or or it uh, it could raise the the tension for sure because they're waiting for this magnet to show up and they're running out of time. And why isn't he here yet? Because we're not gonna be able to get this <laughs> stupid necklace off her if we don't. <laughs> I like that. That's a much better idea because then we can keep the cool magnet. Because mm-hmm. let's let's be honest, a fancy magnet lock that you'd like you need someone you need a security man to get you out of your jewelry. That's cool, right? That's cool. But yeah, raise the tension a little. That's a that's a better fix. I like that. Yeah. Still doesn't solve the everyone's okay with the fact that it fell off. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. They're not okay though. The security guards are like, I'm gonna lose my job and maybe get murdered because this is a huge oh. thing. I know. They shut down the whole gala to try and find this thing. But the f- just the fact that everyone was so accepting of the possibility. Mm. They're like, oh, it must have fallen off. How? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would have accepted, like, the two security guards even yelling at Daphne, which you should not do because Daphne Kruger is, like, a badass. Um, mm-hmm. But that would have, yeah, given them more screen time, weirdly, uh, that might have heightened it because then she's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, and it would have been very fitting for her character to get into, like, a hissy fit screaming match with them about it like she does it a little bit but you could really heighten that with i was just puking my guts out i don't care you know spoiled actress scene she could throw right oh yeah absolutely would have been very fitting for for daphne mm-hmm. increase the daphne <laughs> crank the daphne to 11 yes <laughs> all right what else we got Okay, so this this is more of a um, uh, a 2020 thing, but it's like looking back. Uh, James Corden is an asshole, uh, so mm. I would recast him. I did yeah. not enjoy seeing him in this movie, and I don't enjoy seeing him anywhere. Fair, fair, fair. No. <laughs> Admittedly, 2018, maybe that you know that wasn't out and about, but that's you know we're watching in 2022. And I, I don't, don't. I don't think it was in 2018. I don't think it was either. But I think he's always been. He's always been like that. It's just people didn't talk about it. So, in all mm-hmm. honesty, I might have recast him anyway. Yeah, because the lovable, goofy English guy didn't quite fit the kind of character he was portraying. Yeah, he made it James Corden instead of who he was actually playing. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. They, I think they needed someone a little scarier. Yeah. Th- see, I would have accepted if he was 
like actually good at his job, actually scary, but he went along with Debbie because he knows he's he's chosen that he could care less about. Like the line about him going, I'm not a cop, I'm not gonna arrest you, I don't care. I just care about getting the necklace back. Cool, I'd keep that. But you're right, yeah. Uh, a more intimidating actor that still makes the choice to to go try to work with Debbie about like, okay, fine. You're going to get me my goal. I could care less what happens to you. Um, but in, yeah, in a less like, in- less like, let's have tea and crackers, like kind of way. I don't, can't even do British right now. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You bring in someone who has like an intimidating presence because that way when he is interrogating people, it, it has a little more gravity to it. Right. Yep. Mm. Richard Armitage. And then when that's my pitch. Ooh, he's great in everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's also very tall. Uh, so he can use his height advantage. I don't know why that matters. <laughs> oh, tall can be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, having someone tower over top of you? Yeah, yeah. Like Kate Blanchett. Like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the scene between Corden's character and the guy at Cart Cart Cartier. They said they like they said people say the name wrong, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. Um, to be fair, uh, earlier today, I heard someone pronounce it Cartier. Oh no! Oh I, no! Genuinely, I, I was watching a YouTube video about Ocean's Eight because I like blooper reels and stuff like that. And it was a guy talking about the movie, and he said Cartier, and I was like, really, Americans? Really? <laughs> Like there's two ways that you can say it that are closer to closer to true, which is Cartier and Cartier, which is they fine. talk about it in the movie, <laughs> in the movie that you were talking about on your YouTube channel, sir. Come on. Did you watch the anyway. movie you're talking about? No, you didn't because you're a white dude on YouTube. Good guess. He was totally a white dude on YouTube. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Mm, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just like, Bleh. of course, it's a white dude on YouTube. Of course he has opinions. Of course, whatever. Anyway, I'm I'm starting to Breathe. French French flail. Breathe. So I'm mm. breathe deep breaths. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> breathe in. Kate. Breathe out. Blanchett. Blanchett. <laughs> She's very calming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think the interview between him and the first guy that basically found out that it was cubic zirconium would have should have been scary like this guy should have been terrified for his job because you absolutely should be fired for that 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 should have been like the security guard should have been petrified that they were going to be like blacklisted because you lost 150 million dollars that guy should feel the same and so it was more like he was annoyed and i get it it worked for his character but you lost the most expensive necklace probably in the world, at least in that canon, you are never going to work in this town again. Yeah, agreed. Which is why recasting James Corden would have helped, right? Because then you have the intim- like a further intimidating presence to these people that are already scared because of the situation, right? It just, it raises all of the stakes just that little bit more, which I think would have been a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm realizing now in like every heist movie, you have to worry that they're going to fail. You have to. 
And you didn't really get it in this movie. And as much as I love it, as much as I will watch it 12,000 more times and still love it every time, getting to that point where you're like, I don't think they're going to get through this. I think they're going to get caught. You need that. And we didn't have that. It it did go smoothly. Mm -hmm. It did. There was a lot of problem, problem solved. Problem, problem solved. Problem, problem solved. Yeah. I mean, even at the beginning of this episode, I was defending Debbie. And now I'm thinking about it. And now I'm like, Okay, I know you had five years, but you're right. Yeah, like that that's essential to the genre. So it's it's beyond you, Debbie. It's beyond all of us. It's part of how a heist film works. Yeah, she has a meticulous plan, but <laughs> plans don't always go smoothly, right? What if her ex had, uh, what was it, Armitage? What if he had a more active role in trying to... Like, because she kept showing up. What if he had a more active role in trying to mess up whatever she was up to? Because he's a con, he's a con artist too. So, what if he knew she was up to something and was trying to find out what was going on and foil her? Because he's a dick. Oh yeah, he um, was. He was pretty stupid. I mean, he definitely deserved what he got because he literally put her in jail um, when he also should have gone to jail. Oh yeah, he totally threw her under the bus. God, yeah. <laughs> Like, even even before knowing all of that, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's, like, not that bad. He didn't, like, it sounded like he just didn't visit her in jail. But then you get to the the flashback and you're like, oh, my God, he got arrested. Um, he should have he should have known something. He was very loosey-goosey about things. He was just like, oh, my life is really good. I'm going out with Daphne Kruger. I'm going to the Met Gala for reasons? Question mark. You know what? I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to question it. It's fine. I'm a white guy with an accent. I'm hot. I have art. Although I did appreciate the the cord in line with, you have two of these. <laughs> Stupid, like, tree art. I did love that. I will say, I'll give him that one thing. But yeah, he he should have been a bit smarter than he was. Um, Especially because Debbie visits him early in the movie. Yeah, she keeps showing up. Threatens like him with his shiv and he's like, uh-huh, whatever. He could have been more like the Andy Garcia character. Like he's mm-hmm. more yes! an, an active nemesis than just some schmuck who got lucky. I don't know. Yeah, like she really has to take him down because she does and he deserves it. But he almost needs to earn it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly, I would have cut the whole shiv. Yeah, that scene thing. was weird. It made me uncomfortable. It was unnecessary. Like the moment you get out of jail, you go visit him. He's going to know something's up. Like the point of destroying his life is you destroy it from the background and then you show up at the end and you laugh in his face. Yes, exactly. The fact that she shows up at the beginning and then he doesn't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Just either cut the scene or give him more to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to some listener comments. If you uh, want to participate, if you like this kind of thing, uh, follow I Have Some Notes on Facebook and Twitter at I Have Some Notes and on Instagram at I Have Some Notes Pod. And you can suggest n- notes and fixes for future movies. Uh, yeah, so Colin McIntyre says, just add a one to the number. Stay with me here. Ocean's 81. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would watch I would watch an Ocean's 81. <laughs> it would be bonkers. <laughs> 81 women. That sounds amazing. 
<laughs> the entire casino is in on the heist. I love it. Every single Met Gala member. <laughs> Forever okay. and ever. They, they somehow rope in everybody in the room. At Sabine X. Kaiser says, make Debbie and Lou officially a couple. Their chemistry is intoxicating. So Agreed. true. So, so, so true. She she fed she made Lou eat some of her breakfast. I mean, that is very romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie would be a thousand times hotter if they actually gave in to this relationship. Well, Lou kept all her clothes at a bar. She was <laughs> yes. wearing her clothes while she was in prison. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stop making it the subtext and make it the text. Damn right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ben Yandel says it's a functional mid-tier caper I'd probably take out the extra heist and keep it to the main one with its twists I'd also remove it from the Oceans franchise with the added possibility of a cameo that seemed bland okay I thought of this as a potential fix as not making it an Oceans movie mm-hmm. just making it a lady heist movie mm-hmm. the problem with that is marketing mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an Oceans movie so that people will see it Yep. Yeah. Right? They're coming out with that name recognition to push this other heist movie that they have. And at times it felt like they shoehorned the ocean in. Yeah. That's a sentence I just said. <laughs> Please don't take that out of context. Um, but if this had come out as just a heist movie starring all of these ladies, would it have done as well as it did? I don't think it would have. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I definitely think that, you know, Debbie being his sister is is a necessary evil. Yeah. Why did they kill Danny Ocean? Why did he have to be dead? Is it because they couldn't get Clooney? They couldn't get Clooney, I'm guessing. So yeah. pricey. <laughs> but the way it just se- it really seems silly. They just had his picture on the desk. It was like, Danny Ocean went back to his home planet. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. He's gone. I will always be annoyed at when there are, quote unquote, photographs on someone's like bedside table or whatever. It's a screen cap. And I'm like, you are in a movie. Go to a field or a park (laughs) with a photographer. Give them $500. Get some family pictures. Fake it. Like, make me like believe head, it. Yes, a headshot. Headshot. Yeah. I hate that so much because it's like you have me 99% of the way. I believe you and everything. And oh, no. I know that. <laughs> I know that shot because we saw that three scenes ago. All right. Uh, Derek Myron says If I remember right, the writers created problems only solvable with magical tech. Using magical technology doesn't feel clever. It feels like lazy cheats. They need to cut every use of technology and show the characters outsmarting the antagonists instead. I disagree, and I feel that they showed the characters outsmarting the antagonists in every step of the way. And if you really look at it, the tech isn't that magical. They have a really high-quality 3D printer. Mm-hmm. That's not magical, and it wasn't magical in 2018 either. <laughs> it was a little advanced for 2018, but I wouldn't call that magical tech. And uh, an elaborate magnetic clasp? That's that's not all that magical either. I guess the magic, the glasses that like scanned things was a little magic. Was this movie before or after Google Glass? Oh, good point. 
I'm just saying they're not using magical technology. They're using expensive and kind of advanced technology that your average layperson wouldn't get a hold of. But it's not anything we've never seen before. That's true. Just a fancy like <laughs> Hollywood version of it, maybe. But hmm. yeah, it's a little CSI, but that's it's fine. It's not. Yeah, it felt a little Mission Impossible at yeah. some points. Funny you mentioned I, that. <laughs> all right. Uh, Chris says, I watched it and remember nothing, which might be a problem. But as a fix, why not set it in the 60s? The Mission Impossible tech of all the Soderbergh's ocean movies always seemed like a weird fit. Um, that would be cool. <laughs> I don't dislike it, but I also I also enjoy seeing seeing tech in heist movies. That's that's the world we live in, you know? You, you'd have to go back 50, 60 years to not have that. Yeah. Was the Met Gala a thing in the 60s? I don't mm, know. I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think you can set this movie that far back because you need the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I know the Met has been around for a really, really long time. I don't know how long the Gala has been around. Uh, it's an Anno Wintour thing, so I don't think it's that. I don't know. Uh, it was, okay, I'm on the Wikipedia, so I don't actually know this. Atta girl. Um, it <laughs> was established in 1948 by fashion publicist Eleanor <gasps> Lambert as a fundraiser for the newly founded Costume Institute to mark the opening of its annual exhibit. Oh, okay, so the Met Gala was around in the 60s. I stand corrected. Um, I'm trying to figure was out... It- I'm willing to bet it wasn't quite the big deal it is today. No, no. As it was back in the 60s. It it was a fundraiser, basically. You know, fancy people in New York went to it, but it wasn't, it absolutely wasn't like this today. Yeah. Yeah, it started apparently, oh, in the 70s. So it started getting people like Elizabeth Taylor, Andy Warhol, Diana Ross, Liza Minnelli. Um, So I think when they started getting celebrities... Then it just started getting more and more and more popular. Oh my god, I would watch this movie. It was set in the 70s. The fashion (gasps) (laughs) of the 70s? (laughs) Yes, please. Oh, I would absolutely watch that. No, I'd be good with that, actually. I I like the tech, but you know what? I'd be okay with that. Um, If we could have the same cast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Racism might get in the way. Oh, I know, but I need I need them to like punch a racist in the face or something. Yeah, that's true. I that, mean, yeah, you, that's the problem. I really love the cast. They play a lot of they play a lot of ser- like they're already playing into like they're playing a lot of service staff and that kind of thing. That probably I think they yeah I don't know. I know a lot of people would find it problematic, and it is. But the way I watch it. The way I see it is that they're playing people's biases against them. And that's why yeah. that works for me. It's it's absolutely not in the seventies too. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. not They're like, not playing service staff because they are of like because they're not white. They're playing service staff because they're trying to hide. Yeah. Exactly. And that line would work in the seventies just as well as today. So I think yeah. we could get away with a lot of the no, we want to be invisible. A lot of this job is us being invisible and getting away with it, which is so cool and so smart and kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's keep going. 
Uh, Alan Gould says, I would take Yen's cameo out to keep the heist all female. Keep Ruben's cameo in, though, as the, oh, it's a good plan, but you shouldn't do it. Yes, a thousand percent. Yes, yes, yes. I should have mentioned this much earlier. Yen's cameo, I hated. Yeah. I thought it was stupid. Why are you introducing this character so late in the movie? Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with him, it's just some random person they brought in to actually do the thieving. Mm. Yeah. See, this is where they need to, pa- they're pandering, though. They pander to the Oceans fans. Yeah, but we already had Elliot Gould. We need to be pandered to, Anita. God. (laughs) Ruben showing up at the beginning made me happy because Ruben is such a character. (laughs) I love him. He's delightful. Yes, I would have rathered that they they had... um, Oh, oh. Ideas are happening. Okay. (laughs) You still call it Ocean's 8, but you have another person in, in place of Yen. You have another she, mm-hmm. right? You you rope her in, but then during the heist, we don't see her bit, right? Because she's doing the thieving, right? You still have Anne Hathaway on the poster, mm-hmm. right? As part of the promo, but you don't make her one of the eight. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. My 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 head is casting. Um, what's that Olymp- Olympian's name? Simone Biles. Oh or, yeah. Yeah. Is it is it cool. Biles or Beals? I th- think it's. I'm, am I thinking of Jessica Biel? Maybe I'm thinking of Jessica Biel. Yeah, but she's like Biles, yeah. she's like all twisty and does the cartwheel stuff, and so she could fulfill that same thing. And I know I know it's she's not an actor, but I don't know of an actor right now beyond Margot Robbie who can do like weird crimey acrobatics which i also would cast marco robbie in anything these days so whatever um yes true if the sequel was made like if they actually did in oceans nine i think marco robbie would definitely be in there mm-hmm. <laughs> she'd be an excellent candidate for sure but yeah i like that way better let's let's kick yen out because we don't need him let's replace him with one of ours a her so that we truly have an all-female team oh that would be way better that's very true. Girl it up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At Wooly underscore Lilac says, love the movie, but the part where it turns out that they stole more than one necklace doesn't sit right. It undermines the work that went into stealing the main necklace while also failing to make the protagonist women seem more capable and cool. Mm, I disagree. Yeah. Part yeah, of a heist I, I, is that there's always a side heist. Yeah. Like, this was, this heist was actually the diversion mm-hmm. for the real heist. And that's the twist that the audience gets at the end. Yeah. And I like that. I like that better. Yeah. The only thing that bugged me about the last scene is that they all had drinks from the refrigerator where the jewelry was. And then they were like, this is a reveal. And I'm like, no, everyone has a drink. You opened that fridge before. <laughs> but I'll let them have this one because they have, like, 128 million dollars of jewelry sitting on like a coke bottle (laughs) that's very funny (laughs) there's just beer sitting next to it i know and it's like so classy there's like little tiny tiny moments of this movie that i'm like wait what no but then i'm like you know what you have my heart so i'm just gonna let this slide (laughs) See, see this lovely suspension i'm gonna hang my belief right there there we go gonna hang it there 
Nathan Martin says, this is hard for me because I enjoy the ocean movies and it's hard to tackle this after Ocean's 12 did the Julia Roberts thing and Ocean's 13 Ugh. faked an earthquake. This movie had a great cast and to be honest, I wish they would have made a nine and 10 leading into a fantastic Ocean's full house. <gasps> I would love an Ocean's full house. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, see, that's why 12 is so bad because Julia Roberts plays Tess playing Julia Roberts and you just you just kind of do a face palm and I hate right, that movie. part. It took me out. I, I was know. So mad. I was just like, hi, this is the worst. I legit haven't seen those ones in years, so I don't even remember. And even though I like them a lot, I just haven't rewatched them. So I have no opinions on those right now. <laughs> <laughs> when I showed the Oceans movies to my husband, uh, I, I apologized in advance. <laughs> I was like, look, 11's really good. We have to get through 12, and I'm really sorry because you need the context of 12 for 13 to make sense. Let's just let's just grin and bear it because <laughs> we're going to end on a high note. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I would 100% watch an Ocean's 9-10 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially since they've killed off Danny Ocean, so now... It, we have to go along with his sister, and I'm I'm here for it. I will go wherever <laughs> Debbie takes me. <laughs> awesome. I think that's a, an excellent place to end this. Uh, thank you for listening to I Have Some Notes. Uh, please follow us on social media. Uh, subscribe. Leave your reviews on different podcast platforms. It really helps us out. Uh, and we are a part of uh, the Alberta Podcast Network. There are also representatives from other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network here on the show today. I am part of Quantum Kickflip, an actual play Slug Blaster podcast, which is uh, going to drop its finale very, very soon. So now is a great time Ooh. to get caught up. Uh, I am a full 50% of the Read Along podcast. We are the lowest commitment book club you can find. <laughs> We're awesome. We are at the read-along on most of the social medias. We're also on the Alberta Podcast Network, which makes us easy to find. Tune in next time when the boys are back and they will be fixing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. Good luck with that. Good luck! (laughs) (laughs) I've been Glenna. I've been Danica. I've been Anita. I've been Aaron. Keep watching the skies. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of The Well-Endowed Podcast. The Well-Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well-Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com.